should you stop pursuing it because it's a bad concept no right because if you don't pursue it how will you learn in order to create your next business to be the most successful business right so that learning is required right now how hard you fall is up to you right it all depends on how much have you invested how much have you put in everything how much have you not validated it all depends on how hard you will fall so there's a process where you can soften the fall and make sure that you get the best learnings out of it in essence right but 20% i would say of the businesses are supposed to fail so it's okay to fail right we can't look at them and say oh shoot that's a failure right no they they are supposed to fail and glad that they failed in the first two years it's worse for the businesses who failed in the five years mm. that 45% that's a sad story hello everyone this is harpreet welcome back to the channel today's episode is very excited episode like i have a very special guest with me is not only the ceo and not only the founder of the app lab but he is also one of the top canadian immigrant and he has also chosen as the top the entrepreneur of the year and if you see like the awards he has gained in throughout his journey is like so the list is so long so that you can say like his resume is just too big to even start with for the introduction so just please welcome with me mr kundan joshi how are you sir good arpit thank you for having me here i'm i'm super excited to be on your show as well really looking oh. forward to our conversation i am also like very excited for our conversation like like i said like you have a resume like just too big to even start with for the introduction and you are the ceo and founder of the company the app lab the company like who employs i believe more than 100 people and the company who actually helped more than 500 fascinating companies including like big names hudson bay samsung kia motors like so if we have to tell in a simple like easy verse you are a real big deal so really excited to have a conversation with you and i'm pretty sure the conversation this video is going to help so many young entrepreneurs young minds out there who are going to listen to us on podcast or going to watch us so thanks again kun for coming on the show No thank you thank you for having me Harpreet and this is this is the these are the kind of opportunities that I'm looking forward to right when i was growing up when i was a young entrepreneur once back in the day i mean i got help i got advice i got feedback and that has helped me be who i am so it's my responsibility to give it back and you know uh, if i am able to provide some inspiration provide some tips uh, to young guys out there who are looking to uh be entrepreneurs take control and charge of their dreams i'll i mean i'll, I'll be i'll be blessed to do that definitely like that that's awesome that's why i'm fascinated for this interview so before we start having this detailed conversation like you already talk with about your childhood but tell me like how you step into this software fields this massive industry yeah so software field i mean uh, my dad was an engineer so engineering was something that uh uh i guess was in me uh as i was growing up i wanted to be a doctor i realized that i couldn't be a doctor because uh, i was i always been a vegetarian i care about animals i couldn't do dissection so stupid reason but i couldn't do it and hence i was like okay there's no way i can be a doctor so engineering was the second option and uh, i was fascinated by technology uh to be very honest right right from childhood i always uh enjoyed playing with gadgets new things so i was uh, i was excited by it so i was interested that okay let's see what this technology is all about maybe that's where i should go so i i pursued i mean i i did my first year engineering in india in mumbai 
uh, and then I then my parents moved to Canada, and I I completed I continued and completed my engineering uh, software engineering from uh, from Western University, uh, not too far away from Toronto here. And uh, yeah, that's how I got into software. To be very honest, it was just I mean uh, uh, I guess. Uh, if you see your dad is an engineer and you enjoy technology, you want to be an engineer as well. The entrepreneurship part is a totally different story though. I mean, I didn't anticipate to be an entrepreneur. I didn't expect to be one. Uh, I was just planning to, okay, be an engineer and do whatever an engineer does. I mean, at that time, I didn't even know what they do in that sense. But uh, yeah, entrepreneur is a different journey. I mean, I uh, stumbled into a, uh, into a summer job. That's the only summer job I could get, which was as a salesperson. And I was doing sales for Rogers High Speed Internet, and I was really good at it because I was enjoying talking to people. I was enjoying the fact that I'm actually directly helping people. At that time, I was selling high speed internet. And because I enjoyed technology, I could talk to these people who couldn't really see the advantages that internet could bring in their lives. And I just enjoyed sort of painting that picture. Hey, you could do this. Hey, you could talk to your son who lives far away from you. You could do so many different things. You can send an email to different people. So I just enjoyed being part of the solution, providing that solution. And so I got into sales. I was great at sales. And that opportunity led to an entrepreneurial opportunity where I set up Rogers High Speed uh, uh, Internet Mall Kiosks in, uh, in London, Ontario, where I was studying. Uh, and I was managing those during school. And I, I just enjoyed it. And then when I graduated, it was sort of putting two and two together. Hey, I'm in software technology. I mean, I enjoy doing it and I'm enjoying sales and entrepreneurship. Let's combine those together. And I sort of got into this field of uh, being a technology entrepreneur, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then like you started the app lab, but I also know, I also know like you also founded other companies as well. You are also part of the other companies, but has your vision changed? till now, like since you started the app lab and till now the present, like has your vision changed of providing value in your clients or maybe the, has the ways of helping change till now? You think like there's some kind of change came? Oh, certainly. I mean, uh, as you, as you grow, as you get more experience, as you learn new things, uh, that, that perspective keeps changing and many ways, uh, adding on to what the foundation was. So, so to begin with, I mean, uh, I just enjoyed being an entrepreneur, to be very honest. I enjoyed the freedom of being an entrepreneur. I enjoyed, again, sales and giving that value directly. I wasn't, I, I felt a sense of freedom that I could directly give value to someone and see that smile on the face or see the difference I've made. I enjoyed that freedom about being an entrepreneur in essence, to be very honest. And uh yeah, how I gave value obviously changed. I mean, it was about, I care about technology and I see how technology can benefit people so I can provide that value. That was sort of at the high level, but that has evolved over time, right? I mean, for like today, I mean, for me is more about uh, how, how aligned is every single individual in my organization to the purpose of our organization. And if I'm doing that, taking care of that at that granular level, then the overall vision takes care of it itself, right? And our, our vision at the App Lab is very similar in terms of how we started in many ways. Our vision is to create a positive impact in the world through technology by building great experiences. So, so that's what our purpose is in essence. That's what our vision is. And, uh, and that purpose, as long as I find people who agree with that purpose, 
who are aligned with the values that are required to achieve that purpose. I mean, uh, that's all I need to take care of. Uh, but you know what? At the inherent level, I mean, uh, giving value, helping people, having that compassion. I mean, those are sort of the key traits that that got me started into the business. And those are the key reasons why I continue to being in there, right? I mean, yeah. by being on the platform, I'm, I'm blessed to be on the platform that I have. I'm blessed to be part of an organization that has been successful over the years uh, that I get opportunities like these, right? Like being on your show and, and having an opportunity to help people or having a conversation with say one new student, a new international student or a, a young graduate or a new immigrant or someone who really needs help. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm blessed to be in a situation where I can provide that knowledge or provide any opportunities and so on. So, you know, it's, it's uh, that, that core of helping people really creating value in many ways stays the same. Definitely, definitely. And like during you were like talking, like a question just stuck in my mind. And I thought like, okay, this is a very important question. So I want to like see from your own perspective. Now you have, like I said, you have helped, your company has helped like more than 500 fascinating companies, including very big names. But when someone came to you with their problem and they need your help, I, I just want to see your, from your eyes, like how you see that problem and how you think like, how me and my team should tackle this problem and provide a solution and meet their expectations. Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, when, when someone comes with a problem, the first question is to validate the problem, right? So we'll start asking questions. I mean, see, the thing is, uh, we, through our experiences, we realize opportunities that they, that come about, right? And we can, either decide to do something about it, create a task action item for us to do it or start a business to do it or take a job to do the same, right? So there are different ways that we can go about solving different problems in essence. In order to create a business around it, in order to create a product or an app that we do, uh, it's important that the app is scalable. It's mm -hmm. important that technology allows you to scale your idea. Technology allows you to take this, hey, you know what, I could help one person, but wait a minute, if million people have the same need, maybe I can help a million people and technology can enable me to do that, right? So there's the power of that scale, but at the same time, in order to go through the investment of seeking that power of building that technology, you really need to see the ROI or the return on investment in essence. So in order to be like, be in that stage where you really see that, hey, that problem or that problem that I want to solve is really a problem worth solving is really creating worth creating an app or a technology product around is really worth creating a business up around there. There are certain, there's a, there are certain processes uh, to, to walk through that in a sense, right? A simple way to put that process is validation. If you have a problem or if you have a solution in your mind, let's validate that. Let's verify that. Let's make sure that it, it actually is correct in essence, right? So someone comes and says, I think that all people coming to Canada have this problem and I wanna solve it, right? Like, yeah. great, I'm glad that you're, you're planning to solve this problem. Now let's validate that. How many people have you asked if they actually have this problem? Mm -hmm. What version of that problem have they exp expressed to you? What do you think are the current barriers? What are the current solutions to solve that problem and where are they falling short in essence? Now let's look at your solution. 
how is your solution to that particular problem unique how is that providing a a real uh, 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 option for for those people that you're trying to help in a way that's going to sustain be sustainable that's something they're going to enjoy that's something going to really take them to where you need them to be like better life better journey better experience better ability to solve a particular problem in their lives or whatever that might be right and then the third part is product market fit okay fine we validated problem makes sense there's the problem exists yeah the solution makes sense the solution is a good solution now let's look at the market how many people really have that solution how big can you make this how how uh, is it 1000 people in toronto or million people across canada or 100 million people across the world right how big is the problem let's validate that in essence let's look at the competition associated with that so those kind of steps allow us to sort of validate just ask questions to ensure what are we talking about right i mean we don't like to be in a situation whether it's the largest company in the world or a single entrepreneur um we want to be we want to make sure anything that we build any product that we build is going to be a huge okay. success uh mm. if it's not a huge success it's not worth wasting the time or it might be yeah. and we might provide an option there as well but to gauge that is important that hey are we talking about a billion dollar organization potentially if everything goes well are we talking about a 100 billion dollar organization or are we talk are we talking about a 1 million dollar organization or maybe even less right so so assessing that allows us to say okay you know what this is what's worth investing if it's a billion dollar idea this is what you should invest right on right now if it's a 100000 dollar idea maybe you shouldn't invest anything right now because you can get a job and make that money faster by yeah. getting a job why do you need to create a business right so so that's in essence at a high level the processes so like in other words like you say it's not like if anyone can come to you with the problem and with the solution like you gonna invest your time and your money resources in it like you gonna first validate and see like is it worth putting your time with right well it's more about is it worth putting their time into it right or yeah. their money yeah. into it right i mean if if they have whatever they have savings or they have investment or what not uh we want to make sure that they're putting it at the right place right mm-hmm. i mean we are we are creating we are in the business of creating value right so we don't want to take 5 dollars from you and make it zero you want to take 5 dollars from you and make it 500 million right scale. so yeah, so that's that's the goal here right so the scale mm-hmm. is important if it's not if it's just i mean if you have 1000 dollars to invest and if you just need 2000 dollars from it or 1050 from it there are a lot of different options to do that there yeah, are gic bank accounts where you can put the money in or or buy some bonds to do that right you don't need to really do it that way so are you really is your goal to really create massive value uh, really help a lot of people or really create an impact or create a large business out of it then it makes sense to invest in technology in that sense right or for your business how can technology you already have an existing mid size large business how can we really help you improve your operations or create that value or add a new product so that you are able to create better value for your existing customers or new customers all those situ- like again even then we are we are sort of really understanding where that value is and how can we create that value and then it makes sense to even talk about how much should you invest in the value right mm-hmm. if you don't know if you can't even i mean it's it's speculation obviously i mean you're still i mean it's speculation based on a process based on okay you know what all the fact all the external factors make sense internal factors still stay how hard we work 
how good of a product we build, how well can the client sell the product or market the product. Those are all controllable factors, which we can always work on. Things that are out of our control, it's better to always assess them and then decide whether to take that challenge, uh, challenge or not, in essence. Right? Once you take the challenge, then it's all controllable. Then you just try your best and, and do whatever you can. Of course. And like, thanks Kundalang for sharing that. Uh, so now we get this side of like from your side as a CEO, but now I also like want to see and see the situation from the other side, like who is a young entrepreneur who's just starting out or maybe small business owner, right? Just as a beginner in very broad sense, what you would say, like, what's the first thing uh, anyone should do before starting their business? Like in very broad sense, I know like it's going to take very much time, but what do you think, like, what's the first step should be to open a business or to start a company? Exactly what I said, pretty much. Um, I mean, the first question they should ask yeah. is what value am I providing in mm -hmm. essence, right? I mean, see, there are businesses that are successful without adding value, right? I personally feel that they are not sustainable. In today's economy, in value economy is the sustainable economy. So in order to really create a successful business, the first question that any entrepreneur should ask, in my opinion, right, uh, is what value are they creating? And in order to create value, the same questions that I posed are important for them to pose to themselves, yeah. right? What problem am I solving? Who am I solving the problem for? Let's validate that. Does that problem really exist? Have I talked to enough people? Maybe I'm facing the problem. How many other people like me or, or I've seen someone face that problem? How many other people like that person are facing the problem and let's really understand the problem. If you're building a product, if you're solving a, a problem, you need to be really in the shoes of the person who's facing that problem. Even if you are facing the problem yourself, you yeah. still need to step in the shoes of everyone else who's facing a problem and they might have their own versions of that problem or own versions of different solutions that they have sought or own version of how that problem has created an impact, negative impact on them and so on and so forth, right? So really need to step into those shoes is very important and step back, really understand, observe, understand that and then say, hey, you know what? Okay, now I understand the problem. Now in the same process, if you keep that customer at the center of it, it's really easy for you to validate your solution as well. Having conversations, trying to figure out and I mean, some people will be careful about what they reveal because they care about the intellectual property and so on, which is fine. But solving a problem has, there's no intellectual property to that, right? I mean, you're just trying to simply solve a problem. To validate a solution doesn't mean that you need to validate an app idea. You're just validating a solution, right? Just by having conversations, understanding the perspective, understanding what solutions they've sought, understanding how can a particular problem be solved and they might give you a solution and you can validate, okay, is that solution same as my solution, right? That curiosity is extremely important as an entrepreneur in essence, right? There are two factors that are extremely important. One is that curiosity. And the second part is coachability. You're, as an entrepreneur, if you feel that, you know what, I'm very smart. I really understand everything really well. That's why I'm creating a business. I would not recommend that approach, right? The, the where, I mean, there's a great uh, statement by uh, a gentleman called James Gardner. What you learn when you know it all is what matters, right? So when you, whenever you get that feeling that, oh, I think I know it all, that's the time to step back and think, okay, wait a minute. I probably don't know it all. Let me see what else there is to know, right? I mean, you need to 
as an entrepreneur, I would argue as, as anyone, but let's say, because we are talking about entrepreneurs, as an entrepreneur, that's one of the most important qualities to constantly seek knowledge, seek learning, never ever feel in your journey, regardless how successful you get, or regardless how early you're starting, that I know it all, or I have all the knowledge. No, you don't. No one knows. No one has infinite knowledge. There's infinite knowledge in the world and no one does have that. No one has that. So we need to constantly be seeking to know that, to, to understand, to learn, to observe, to try and, uh, to try and grasp as much as possible. But most importantly, have an open mind, right? I mean, rigidity and stubbornness comes when we start feeling that, oh, looks like I know it. Like, I don't need your opinion. I don't need to understand your perspective. I know it, right? So that's, that's one thing you should always stay for, away from, especially as a young entrepreneur, because that's where your journey starts. But regardless of where you are in your journey, you need to have that open mind. And that open mind is for knowledge. And that open mind is related to people, right? I mean, always, because entrepreneurship is about solving that problem and creating value and all of that stuff. But at the center of it, it's about people. And how you build those relationships? How are you non-judgmental in your relationships? Are you compassionate in your relationship? Those aspects are very important because when you start building a team, when you start create, having partners in your organization, those attributes will really help you be get synergized, be really understanding of each other because you need to value each other's perspectives and opinions. Mm -hmm. If we build a business saying, I have a great perspective and I'm going to build a business to prove this perspective right in the world, that's fine place to start. But as you go through the journey, it's very important to value all different perspectives and embrace them, right? We all have different opinions. We have all have our own thoughts. By what happens is we usually start thinking that my thought is the right thought. Your thought is the wrong thought. And we start like having those conflicts with each other, right? The truth is everyone, there's a reason why each person has their own perspective. As a team at the App Lab, I can tell you, you have extremely diverse perspectives, different backgrounds, different thought processes, different upbringings, different personalities, but similar values, right? Because all of these people from all diversities come together and they have the same values. They all are good people. They all are caring people. They all want to do something good. Like those values bring them together and they're able to be on the same table. And when they share something, the other person is like, oh, wow, I never thought that someone could think that way. That's very interesting. Let me ask more questions. Let me try and get a better understanding of it. And when that kind of a foundation begins in terms of collaboration and whatnot, magic happens. There's like, oh, wait a minute. My perspective and your perspective are not against each other. They are great together with each other. And now let's seek for more perspectives that can solidify it even more, right? Like, that's why like, I'm saying like, this is so interesting. Like, this is so interesting talk. And you mentioned that curiosity and coachability is like one of the very few important things if someone is starting out. Yeah. Now, I have another question again. If someone has a business, right? You, what do you think is the right time to scale that business and start hiring more people? What do you think like, uh, when is the right time? Like, let's say someone is solo entrepreneur, like some single entrepreneur, or maybe has a small team, but in, with the working with a small team, he can maybe have a more control with on their action. But again, like if he or they can start expanding their team by hiring the talents, right? Found themselves with the talent, then maybe they can put themselves as a driver of the company and put the company into the right direction. But you will say that when is the right time 
for a small business owner to start expanding and to start hiring more people? So my opinion on that is as soon as possible, right? I would say there is no good time to say, I don't want to hire more people. I don't want to find ways to expand my team, to bring in perspectives that are more important, to bring in skills that I don't have, right? And, uh, and it goes back to the same mindset that I talked about in the previous question, right? Yeah. Having that open mind is very important. There's one other factor that comes in very handy and very important is ability to embrace failure, right? The issue when you said, right, and that's very true. I mean, most solopreneurs or, or early entrepreneurs will feel that need of control, right? And why is that need of control? The need of control comes from, uh, sorry, did you lose me? Okay. No, the no. need of control <laughs> comes from uh, ability, uh, from the need or the fear of failure. If I hire a new person, what if they mess things up? What if my business goes yeah. down, right? Mm -hmm. But the truth is, it's okay to fail because what you are labeling as failure, right, is learning. And when you stop, when you, when you control things around you that stop you from embracing the potential of failing, which mm -hmm. is just a label. There's no such thing as failure in the world. There's no such thing that there's no document that tells you, Harpreet, if you do A, B, C, D, you are, it's a failure. Or if you do these things, it's a failure. There's no such thing. There's no document. It's not written in any of our religious texts. It's not really written in our constitution. There's no definition of failure, of what constitutes a failure. Failure is in our mind, right? Why does failure come in? We feel others will think it's failure. We associate our, we, it's our fear of being judged by others, by family, by our friends, by the society where we are creating our own brand in front of, where we are trying to show, hey, guys, I want all of them to feel I'm successful because I have done it. I have my own business now. I don't want them to feel that I've failed because I'm trying to prove them wrong. I'm trying to prove that I'm someone and that's why I've created this business, right? That fear of failure, we start, most of us start our business with that fear of judgment mm -hmm. and that fear of failure. When we go in there, what happens is that fear of failure will make us do actions and activities like, let me not hire too many people because what if they mess up? What if my business fails? Those activities stop us from learning. When you hire a new person, sure, you'll have to coach them. The questions they will ask will help you learn a lot more about your business. The questions that the perspectives they will bring in will help you learn a lot more about what that person needs to know. A lot of times we start business saying, I know Apple says it. Apple said, customers don't know anything. So I'll create the product, they'll buy it, right? Yeah. It's, he said it for the right reasons. We interpret that in the wrong ways and we feel I don't need to ask customers, right? I, I'll create a problem and I know, I know what's right and I'll just create the product or I'll create the service in essence. The truth is they may not know the solution, but they know the problem. If you don't even want to ask if they have the problem or not, it's not going to work, right? But back to your question, I mean, so the earlier you do it, the better, right? I mean, see, the thing is, it's extremely difficult for very small businesses to succeed over time, right? As a small business, as a solopreneur, as, as a, uh, I mean, solopreneur is a, is a bit different concept. If you just want to be a freelancer, in a way, you're being a contractor, 
I mean, it's, it's like a job, but you want your flexibility. That's okay, right? But if you're creating a business, right, which has assets, which has where you have few people, even if it's two people or three people, whatnot, right? If you think, hey, I want to create a business that's steady, right? You know, it keeps on giving me whatever, makes a revenue of $1 million, half a million, whatever, on a year-over-year basis. That's, that's not possible. This, if you're planning to do this in your business, what's happening with inflation? What's happening with all other factors? Mm-hmm. I mean, so you think that it's steady, you're, actually you're going down yeah. because everything is going up, right? Your costs are going up, yeah. your, the inflation is going up. And if you want to do a steady business, it's going down, right? So the concept of a, 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 a non-scalable small business is totally different, right? I mean, yeah, you could have, you could do this as a business and now it's aligned. Yeah. Now that's, that's a steady business. That's not a successful business because it's still aligned. You're still not making money. You're still not making profit, but it's okay. At Mm -hmm. least you're keeping it sustainable. It's still okay. This is not okay. Mm -hmm. This is still okay. Ideally, as a business to succeed, you need to put everything, whatever is possible to make it like this. You know why? Because even this is not true. When it comes to a business, it's this. (laughs) And because it's this, you will go here. And if you go here, if you go here from here, what was the profit? How are you able to sustain being here? But if you go from here to here, even if you go here, you will, you will come here. That's life, right? Whatever goes up will come down, will go up again. Why will it go up again? Not because it's meant to, because if you go down, you go the learnings that you get from, from being there, those will actually make you far superior leader, far superior business than you were when you were here. And that's why when you're here, you will go much higher from there in essence. And then you'll come down again. And guess what? Even more learnings. And then you'll go even further up from that because as the, those learnings, you are a much stronger leader, a much stronger business than what you were before in essence. So in order to create a business, it is going to be like this. Hence, you need to put everything into it. You need to get as many good people in your team as early as possible. Make sure, be, be humble about what you know but be humble about what you don't know. Be, 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 be realistic about what you don't know and try to get people, especially for the key skills that you need in your particular business, get the, get the best people possible. Don't compromise on people. Best skill set, best attitude. Don't, I mean, be comfortable that it's your idea, right? Don't feel the threat that, oh, shoot, this person is smarter than me. What if I have a threat? That threat is why? Because of that fear of judgment. Oh, should people, people will think, that I have my CTO or my whatever partner is smarter than me. Well, people don't care. People are looking at whatever. People are doing their own thing. They don't care about what you're doing. And even if they care, say something about what you're doing, it shouldn't matter to what you are doing, right? You're doing it for your own reasons, for your own purpose, for your own vision in a sense, right? So getting the right people around you as soon as possible will help you grow. Even if you fail in your first business, your second business, your third business, your fourth business, your fifth business, if you failed in the right way, getting the right people, solving the problem, always be wanting to learn, not being blinded by this label of failure, you will grow so much that your sixth business will be the most successful business you could have even imagined in essence, right? So, so really being in that mindset is more surrounding yourself with the right people is important. Getting as many people as early as, as possible. And when you look at, when you, when you, when you have an open mind, Right? You might say, well, I can't afford to hire people. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, you know your budget, right? Okay, fine. Just keep an open mind. 
maybe you'll find someone based on what you can afford or based on whatever you want right just be open if you stay close that uh, i can't afford i mean i know that the starting salary for this role is 100000 i can't afford well why why add those barriers right you know you want someone if that person doesn't fit in the budget that's fine just keep on a lookout but you are always seeking and trying to find people right people to join your business uh based on their attitude based on your the aptitude uh those are the things especially the attitude is the most important aspect and then you continue growing this is too good too good brother and like you mentioned that the young minds like the this small business owners have the mindset of like ability to face failures now very straight question to you what you see from the other side like or you may you are in this business game like from from a long time what you see are the some of many common mistakes uh, we made like as an entrepreneur in very early stages and how you suggest like no uh, these are these these i like i already know i already see so many people making mistakes don't do this like what you say see those mistakes and how you suggest that we can prevent from them and the biggest one is what i said right i mean is having the right people on your team right i mean right people right partners those are extremely critical um the first one obviously is that validation part right i mean so let me step back, step back a bit if you are not solving the right problem or you don't have the right sol- solution or you're just making too many assumptions without properly giving respect to the people or the users or the companies that you're solving the problem for you're getting ahead of yourself you're setting yourself up for potential failure in essence right uh which is okay right and i use the word failure but that's okay because you learn from it as long as you have an open mind right so so the fir- so the first aspect is that in essence right uh where just validate the problem properly make sure that you are always listening your your ears on the ground right uh so so that's an important aspect uh the second part is uh making sure that uh, uh uh like embrace that fail fast attitude right i mean you i mean we as humans we have the quest for perfection right mm-hmm. yeah. uh perfection is not uh is not a gift that humans have none of the humans right we sometimes our ego makes us feel that we are perfect or we can be perfect or we are perfect in certain ways or certain aspects perfection doesn't exist right that's that's not a term for humans in essence and for reasons we are very complex complex creatures there's no such thing as perfection in essence that word is not the right word to have in a dictionary or not even the right word to have to to be something to uh, to yearn for in essence right to 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 want to ha- have as a goal in essence right so so that that fear of failure comes from drifting the path of perfection which is unachievable so you're setting yourself up for for your own perceived failure because i've said oh my bar is perfection which is 100% and 100% is not possible hence i'll always fail and if i fail in my own eyes i'll always think of that as a failure and i'll consider that oh should it's fail right so 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 that's important that you're embracing whatever and and actually setting yourself up that you know what it's okay for me to fail but i'd rather fail fast Yeah. and the fail fast attitude it's easy to misinterpret it as oh you want to make mistakes or we want to really uh, uh we want to really set it up for failure no it's not it's the actual opposite fail fast what actually means is 
you're asking questions. You're trying to figure things out. When you're asking questions, what happens is when we don't want to fail, we won't ask certain questions because we'll be like, oh, shoot, no, no, I can't ask that question. If I ask that question, can of firms is going to open up and I don't think I have the courage to, yeah. to face that can of firm. So let me just ignore it. Conveniently ignore ignorance is bliss. I'll continue on this part. I don't want to do that. But the main mindset of fast failure is, you know what? Might as well open that can right now. If there's worms, I at least know that tomorrow how I can tackle those worms or what I need to do with them in a sense, right? So, so, so having that open mind, it's okay. I mean, let's, I'd rather ask all the questions. That curiosity is very important, right? Uh, that, and you know, I mean, an interesting part, I mean, are, are more, most of your audience from India, I would assume? Uh, yeah, most of the views coming from India and Canada. Yeah. So see from like for in from Indian perspective, right? See, uh, and a lot of other uh, sort of uh, uh, cultures have a similar challenge as well, right? But one Indian perspective is in our schools, right? We we are told don't question authority, mm. right? We yeah. are told don't question your teacher, don't ask stupid questions, don't ask questions, right? Don't ask questions to your parents. Just just just. Accept them. Just let it be. Accept it, right? And that the challenge is when we we sometimes take that attitude into our business. No, no, no. We don't need to ask questions. Let's just let's just do it. There's no need for and that I I should not ask questions kills our curiosity, right? And that curiosity, the childlike curiosity, is the most precious asset we have as humans. That curiosity helps us look in different directions and try and find solutions. Solutions to problems are never linear. Solutions to problems are in every dimension possible, right? To keep that open mind to any possible solution that could potentially come and help us, we really need to look in every direction. And to look in every direction, we need to be open. We need to have curiosity. We need to be free. We need to feel our neck is free to look in any direction. We shouldn't feel concerned. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm told I can't look on the right. I can always look on the left. I shouldn't be looking on the right because right is bad. I've been told, oh, this right is bad. It's, it's not a good thing at all, right? But no, I mean, you're free to look in any direction, man. I mean, no one's stopping you. There's no, there's, I mean, you have full freedom, right? In India, you had freedom. In Canada, you have freedom. So you have full freedom. There's no, there, there, those are all mental barriers, right? And to, it's important to break those barriers, to, to be curious, to have that childlike curiosity in a sense, right? So, and when you have that curiosity, you'll ask those questions. You'll ask those questions, even knowing they may not give you what you want, they may not, uh, they may completely be opposite of what you thought, right? And it's okay, because it's important to challenge yourself. It's important to challenge the, the perceptions. It's important to challenge the, the original mindset that you started with. It's important to challenge your comfort zone and constantly get out of your comfort zone. If you really, I mean, if your goal is to be an entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur or successful in any field, you have to get out of your comfort zone. And what does that mean? Getting out of the comfort zone means having an open mind, means not being fearful of what you could discover if you pick up the wrong stone. No, pick up as many stones as possible. Whatever face your fears, whatever comes up, be open to it. And then we'll figure out, then you'll figure out, you'll find a solution. You are smart enough that you can figure out what you need to do in order to do that. And if you didn't, at some point, that stone is still be on, going to be on your path. After you have established an empire, you still have those stones there, 
but whatever stones you had figured out earlier in your career or in your business if you had if you had lifted them up those stones are not going to come back again they if you don't whatever you didn't pick those stones will come in your path and you will have to pick them up you won't have a choice but to pick them up at that point and at that time time will not be on your side yeah at that time situation may not be on your side at this time time is on your side may because you're young because you have time to figure out okay you opened the rock now you've opened now you picked it up do you want to see what's under do you want to really deal with what's out there it's up to you now you can decide when is the right time for me to deal with it even like hmm that's ugly stuff there i know it what's there right now do i really want to handle it now i know but i have that awareness now i can learn whether if i pick the stone up how i deal with it or i embrace it and accept it or i let it do whatever that is in essence right so so yeah so those are in essence some of the aspects that are important some of the mistakes that uh, uh that are important to to stay away from i mean failure is the one that gets us the most fear is the thing that gets us the most right i mean and i, I mean to be very honest i personally believe most of that fear comes from that fear of judgment right i mean because that fear is associated with what other people think and that limits us from really doing what we want to do in a sense right and limits us i mean that and again it's easy to misinterpret that as whatever i'm thinking is right and hence i should just do it without caring about others it's a totally different thing to not care about others and just doing whatever i want to do versus not being afraid not having the fear of other people's judgment still being compassionate and empathetic about their views mm-hmm. and not that doesn't mean I'm, i don't have to go to war with them yeah yeah it just that what they say doesn't have to impact me i am in control of my own mind of my own thought process of my own mindset that should not interfere with my mindset they are they are uh, they are inputs or they are uh, whatever opinions they have they're only going to help me develop a different perspective in that sense right so and and that again right in partnerships in building a team it all it all counts and all that good talk good talk kund uh now like we talking about the failures and it's just that we always feel motivated and inspired from the success story and i also like carry the same opinion as you like we actually learn from those failing experiences and i'm just going to ask you state again but as a ceo of the company the app lab could you just share one of the your maybe uh, the experience you can say like failure maybe you just didn't meet your own expectation or maybe the client expectation but as a ceo how you took that moment and how you grew from that yeah so i mean um, in a very hard way right uh, i mean see the thing is i mean what i enjoy about these conversations right is uh see sometimes we learn from in different ways right i mean what i'm trying to provide as insight or information right now in terms of how to deal with failures i probably had that information just not in a way that i understood it in the beginning right so my biggest uh i guess point of failure that i labeled it was seeking perfection mm-hmm. right i always seeked perfection i thought it was okay to be perfect 
I thought it was possible to be perfect, right? Not okay to, I thought it was possible to be perfect. And I thought, yeah, I can do that. I think I have a supreme confidence in myself and I'm pretty sure I can achieve whatever I can, right? And I can do that by myself, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll have people and whatnot, but I'm okay to do it by myself in a sense, right? And that path of being constantly wanting to be perfect meant that I could not tolerate mistakes. I could not tolerate my own mistakes. I was very hard on myself when I made a mistake. I was very hard on others when they made a mistake, right? And that was the worst thing to do, right? Because that mistake was a definition against what my perception of perfection was, mm -hmm. right? Which is not true. Perfection is not real, right? As I just mentioned. So I am, the, the qualification criteria is unreal, unachievable. And I'm measuring my own actions and everyone, all my employees and my partner's actions against that chart and bar of perfection, right? Yeah. Which by itself, by the nature of it was set, was set up for failure. Now, the problem with that is, if I had an open mind at that point that, okay, fine, I learned about it, let's move on. I would have failed fast. But because I was seeking perfection and I did not want to make mistakes, I failed very slowly. Yeah. And that was the biggest problem with my business. Where I am right now in my business, if I did not have that mindset, I could have been at the same point probably six years ago or seven years ago. That one single factor of not being open-minded about it's okay to be, to fail. And yes, it was, I mean, it was about wanting to be perfect, but it came from the same place. I did not want others to think that I'm not perfect, that I'm not a successful entrepreneur, that I'm not doing, uh, that I've not created a great company, right? What did that mean? I didn't ask too many people for their opinions. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask for help. Yeah. I didn't get as many mentors as I should have, right? Yeah. I didn't surround myself with the best possible team, with the most talented team, despite of their whatever perceived weaknesses and flaws, right? So all those aspects, in a way, slowed the growth for me, right? So it'll be, it would have been very nice if I said, hey, I made this one mistake and I regret it. The truth is, because of that mindset, I made hundreds of mistakes, hundreds of small, 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 small mistakes. And that caused a lot of issues with where I am and the speed of it. But you know what? The truth is I believe in destiny, right? I believe that the reason I chose that path is because where I am right now is because the way I went through the path. If I went through the, a different path, I would have been in a totally different place. And if I'm happy with where I am right now, why should I question the path in the past? That's the only path that would have led me here. It would have, otherwise it would have led me somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And if I'm happy with right now, why even worry about another yeah. scenario? Who knows I'll be happy with it or not. So whatever happened, I'm, I don't regret it, right? Because one of the questions you asked is you felt that you could have done it in a different way. I don't see, think so. For my upbringing, for my experiences, that's the path that was charted for me. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I took the path because it got me the learnings that I need right now in order to be where as long and as long as I continue doing the same, staying in the present, being fully present in terms of what I need to do in the present moment and continue with an open mind, just constantly learning. I think I'll, I'll create the right path moving forward as well. Amazing talk on that. Uh, now, like I remember, like I, I, I could be wrong, but I actually heard or maybe I actually read from a book. It says that 
20% of the business fail in their just first two years. And maybe 40 or 45% of businesses fail in their first five years. And if I'm not wrong, I believe the one of the most common reasons for business failure in these like early years is that they ran out of their capital money or they just ran out of the funds. What you would suggest to make it a scalable business or to have a business in the long term, how can a small business owner or young entrepreneurs can prepare themselves so they don't face this problem in the future? Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, uh, the thing is, right, I mean, in a way, it's good to fail in those first two years, right? Ideally in the first year, right? Because I would argue 20% of the businesses should probably fail, right? Because not every concept is great. Mm -hmm. Should you stop pursuing it because it's a bad concept? No, right? Because if you don't pursue it, how will you learn in order to create your next business to be the most successful business, right? So that learning is required right now. How hard you fall is up to you, right? It all depends on how much have you invested, how much have you put in everything, how much have you not validated? It all depends on how hard you will fall. So there's a process where you can soften the fall and make sure that you get the best learnings out of it in essence, right? But 20%, I would say, of the businesses are supposed to fail. So it's okay to fail, right? We can't look at them and say, oh, shoot, that's a failure, right? No, they, they are supposed to fail and glad that they failed in the first two years. It's worse for the businesses who failed in the five years, mm. that 45%, that's a sad story. Also, Because five years, because you, I mean, you suffered for five years, potentially for something which you could have suffered in the first year and got rid of it, right? Yeah. Either because you did not fail fast, you did not want to make mistakes, you somehow found a way to string in together, or you did not learn fast enough, right? That you were able to correct your mistakes and keep on improving, right? Failure doesn't mean the, the business is zero, right? Failure could mean, oh shoot, I'm supposed to grow 20% every year. This year I only grew 10%. There has to be something that I need to, need to look at. Mm -hmm. Oh, I grew 20%, I met me, but I really know based on the market, I could have grown 50%. So whatever that aspect is, really figuring, okay, you know what? Not a, none of that is failure, but where, what can I learn from here? How can I get it even better, right? So constantly being in that curious mindset, that inquisitive mindset to constantly look at where you can improve, that's important, right? Now, that being said, I mean, again, a lot of that happens because of all the factors that I mentioned to you, right? I mean, it's not easy to, to start a company. It's not easy to build a business. And it's definitely not easy to try and do it by one individual, right? So which is why the right solution, the right problem, the right solution, the right team, the right open-mindedness and coachability because one person cannot, I mean, when you start a business, I would say there are at least 100,000 different things that you need to learn in terms of skills as an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur doesn't learn 100,000 skills. What happens? Either they hire people who can cover a portion of that and the rest, whatever they do, haven't covered will go away or they decide to ignore vast majority of it. Because you can do 100,000 things, right? You can either do either hire people or just ignore and do whatever you can. I mean, yeah, you're burning candle. You are not sleeping at all. You're completely working hard, which is all good, right? I'm, I mean, I'm completely for working hard, but you are, you are trying to do that without necessarily uh, 
uh, being on the right path in essence, right? And and what does that mean is you are you are trying to learn hundred thousand things, but you are only able to cover let's say I don't know hundred of those skills in essence, right? So at the end of it, you have to find ways to manage that in essence, right? Yeah. One is by focus. When we don't have a focus, we try to do too many things as a business, either too many services, too many products, too many different audiences we want to create. All of those create clutter in our mind, right? And as a result of that. Actually, it was supposed to be 5,000. We created 100,000 tasks for us, right? So first, in the mind, if you focus and try to solve the first problem first, do a great job at it, then go to the second problem because now you have resources in order to do that. That makes it a, a lot easier in a sense, right? Then hiring the right team so that you don't have to do all the five, like 10,000, 100,000 things by yourself. You have people to share, but still stay focused. So there are only 5,000 tasks and you have people who can do 5,000 tasks. Now they can do really great job at whatever tasks that they are supposed to do and what is aligned with their skills in essence. Right? So, so that's one thing that's important. A lot of times it's not possible to do that because either we are not focused, we don't have the right resources and whatnot. The second part about that is the system as well, right? I mean, there are not as many, while Canada is a great place to start a business, right? I mean, I mean, uh, in India, I mean, I, I always question myself, could I have started a business in the same way that I started in Canada, right? Because I, I did not take any capital. I did not have any savings. I started a business saying, okay, let me sell apps to clients. Whatever money I make, I'll put back into the business. I'll sell the next app, but I put it in the business. That's how I started it, right? I mean, I didn't have any capital. I, I always think about, could I have started a business in that way in India, right? And my question is, yeah, Canada is a great place that way to start a business. It's, it's a lot easier to start a business. Not necessarily the best place to grow a business. The ecosystem still needs a lot of work. It needs a lot of refinement in order to do that in essence. And a lot of that is vetting, right? I mean, the, the problem is when it becomes an easy place to start business, the negative aspect of it is those 20% that should have failed, that's still coming to the fore in essence, right? Um, so, so the system needs refinement, to be very honest. I mean, we are creating a venture right now that helps startups and scale-ups get the right capital, get the right funding and stuff like that, because we see that there is a gap in the market from that point of view. Uh, but the most important aspect from that business owner point of view is planning, right? As simple as that. Like basics of cash flow planning. How do you ensure that you have enough money or enough resources, right? Now resources is a factor of either cash that you have in savings or investment or whatever. And the arms that you have, right? I mean, I have two arms. I'm not paying myself salary when I start my business. Okay, here you go. These two arms are worth whatever, 100,000, 200,000 a year, 50,000 a year, whatever you call it. Okay, so you have that capital plus you have 100,000. Okay, now I got a friend of mine to say, hey, you are great at doing this thing. I'm good at building this. You are great at selling this. Why don't you join my business? Okay, great. Now you got two more arms. Right. So now you are at 100, 100, 200,000 in resources and you have a capital of 50,000. Right. Now the planning of, okay, 300,000, how long is it going to last you? What all do you need to do till your next point of infliction of resources? Where are those resources going to come from? Either you get investment or ideally you make revenues yourself. Right. How long to make that revenue? Let's be realistic about it. Let's be positive about it. Let's create those scenarios. Best case scenario within four months. I'll start making revenue that, okay, fine. I've convinced 
my friend, he doesn't need to take salary for one year. He agrees with that. I've convinced myself I don't need to take salary for one year. Okay, fine. So I'm okay. Both of us are okay for a year, right? Okay, that's fine. But my business still demands cash. Yeah. It requires whatever. It requires marketing dollars or, uh, or if you're building an app, dollars to create the app or whatever that is. So in terms of within four months, this 300,000 of overall resources is going to deplete. So within the four months, what do I need to do? I need to either generate enough revenue or get investment yes. so that I hit that target. In yeah. essence, right? If you ignore that target, what's going to happen? It's going to eventually fail anyways. But if you hit that target and if you miss that target, then you know, okay, what do I need to do? Now I need to question. I'm not on the right path. Do I need to pivot? Do I need to switch my strategy? What really went wrong? And then accordingly continue charting that. So that planning is very important to make sure that whatever resources you have are in line with what milestones that you have to grow the business. Take the first, when you start the business, look at that first milestone as your goalpost and see how you can get enough resources to get there, right? And if you plan that way, things will align. You'll find different ways. You'll, you'll, you'll figure out solutions. Amazing, amazing, Kundan. And we just now closing to a, near to a closing. And I just want to like ask one of the last questions is that you said it's not wrong to pursuing when you are like, even if it's going to fail, you think like it's going to fail in one year, you, two years. It's good to fail early, but it's not wrong to pursuing that thing. But what do you think as a business owner, what do you think are there some kind of red flags a business owner or entrepreneur can see in their journey during their, when they're starting out? Maybe you may say like, I don't know, meet, not meeting the geographic needs, maybe not getting enough revenue coming every year or maybe not meeting the market demands. But you would see that these are some kind of red flags you may have to take notice when you're starting out. So you don't like go all in and hit the roadblock. So the first is the customer need, right? It starts with the customer. So really one biggest challenge I see a lot of businesses have when they start out is not knowing who their exact customer is, right? A lot of businesses think that every person on this planet is my customer. And the reason that they feel that way uh, when they feel that way is they feel everyone is like me, right? It's a, it's a very close minded approach that everyone's like me. They're all their circumstances like me. I or my ego, right? I'm the center of the universe. So, so yeah, if I'm having the problem, everyone has the problem. I can sell this to the whole world. Right? So, so really knowing your customer and, and when, when I say knowing your customer, really understanding what are the characteristics of my customer, right? And, a lot of times that will come out to there are five different types of broad customers that I have. Now let's understand the characteristics of each of those customers and then figure out which of those customers I should target. If it's more than one type of customer, mm -hmm. you've diverted your focus 50-50 and you have limited resource, right? You only started with whatever, that 100,000 in resource capital to begin yeah. with, you have limited resource. You can't afford to not focus, right? If you have an option between two and it's 50-50, pick the one 50 that you feel better against. If that fails, okay, then go to the next one. But if you divert your attention, you've already resource, diverted your resources 50-50 and you may not learn enough about them. In the first approach, if you go all in with first, even if, even if that was the wrong approach, at least you fully understood that they are not someone to pursue. You failed fast. 
at least you okay you did something but at least know what it's it's obviously important in business to know what to do but it's even more important in the initial time in in the initial wise what not to do so now no, knowing that i should not pursue this market or this type of a customer is extremely valuable then for 5 years trying to figure out a way to sell to that audience when we didn't even know that they had the problem or not and we are still trying and being persistent i'm persistent i'm hard working i'm going to keep i'm not going to give up but wait a minute did you ask them did you really focus on them did you really understand what they need so i would say that's the number one like beyond doubt right especially when it comes to technology businesses or technology startups but regardless of that your understanding of who your customer is is the most important when you know who your customer and it's not it doesn't come like that right it's it's experimentation you test it you trial tribulations you you try it out you test it out you get positive results you get false positives you get false negatives and then you finally get enough data to say okay i have enough for me to have when they say gut and intuition in business right the gut and intuition needs to come on top of data because the data will never give you the full story you still need gut and instinct on top of that data okay i have data now i don't have i mean as a starting business you may not have whatever i mean 100000 or or a million points of data you might just have 100 or 50 or 200 right so you're still making a big assumption but you at least have some data to start with as opposed to zero if you have zero then what are you basing your gut instinct on right yourself your own ego your own experiences your own feeling that i'm the center of the universe no right so so whatever that data is okay 100 people and you know what the 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 way that they express their problem i mean that that's the emotion that's where the human side comes in the way they felt about it oh man this is such a big problem for me i really need a solution so only 100 people but i know the intensity of that problem now with those 100 people and because of that intensity of problem plus even if it's just 100 people or 50 people that told me that they have the problem i think my gut tells me i should go ahead with it in essence right so that basing your gut on top of that data is extremely important and getting that data is not difficult you just need to seek for it you just need to have conversations you can do surveys you can do so many different things you can do research but just don't do research do research as your first line of uh, of uh, research but then actually ask questions actually get there right so i would say that's number one mm-hmm. uh, capital is also number two and access to capital is number two one challenge which a lot of new immigrants especially have right is is that awareness of building a good credit score right i didn't have that awareness i never really focused right off the bat that here's the process of not just maintaining my credit score but building my credit score and this is how i need to be very careful about making sure that i build my credit history really well as soon as i land into the country and i go about things right and once you do that then at least you have access to some capital that you might need initially and whatever right if you don't focus on that that credit history or credit score part then it becomes very challenging then then all the doors can potentially close in essence right so 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 those kind of things are important to at least set yourself up for uh, uh for for having some access to capital and then it's all about relationships man it's all about how you can have conversations with people provide them value be compassionate be always willing to give a lot of times see i my belief is a lot of times we don't seek for mentors or we don't seek for help 
is because we fear we may not be we we have that uh, lack of abundance mentality we feel that we may not have anything to give back to them we may not if they ask me for something in return i may not have that to give that back i might compromise myself i might be put myself in a very uh, a compromising or a situation or a or a indebted situation where i may not know how to move from right but when you go in with an abundance mentality when you go with compassion that hey you know what you are a big shot entrepreneur right i can still i'm sure i can find some value for you right i mean i need your help as whatever as my first customer or my employer or a guide or a mentor or whatever same thing from a potential customer who you are seeking feedback from whatever that is i need your help i know i need your help but i'm going to give you value first right mm-hmm. i'm just going to give you value because not because it's a transaction but i'm here to give value so even if you don't give anything back to me it's okay because whatever value you give you give it into the world into the universe right so just if you just keep giving value out from one place you'll get so much value that it will go a lot beyond all whatever value perceived value you've given to every person in the world right so so hence that act of compassion act of just giving value is is so important as as a mindset right just keep doing that just keep being at service keep helping out because you we need help yeah we we all need help we all need to work together in order to be stronger i cannot be who i am right now without the amazing work for every single person in my company right i'm here in front of the camera and stage but it's all because of them in essence right and i need them if i don't have them i can do all the things i can do sales marketing development design uh testing all of that no i can't right i mean one person can do it and if i do it i'll just do one app at a time i won't be able to build 600 apps at the same time i would take my business to where it is and one app at a better time i would have given up long time back it's just too hard and not lucrative to even pursue it right a, a job will be a lot more lucrative than what i would have done in that way right so so that's very important to to make sure that you 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 have that ability to constantly uh give back in essence and have that mindset and then it'll be very easy for you to ask for help because in your mind you are here to give right so if you are, you won't feel guilty about asking someone for help you won't feel guilty about asking someone hey can you give me your feedback or can you uh, guide me can you mentor me can you advise me because in your mind you know that if that person asks me for something i'll do it yeah. why out of compassion out of humanity even if that person doesn't help me i'll still be able to help that person i have the ability that confidence in my ability to do that and when we don't have that confidence we don't just hesitate in helping others which is bad but we also hesitate in asking for help which which is even worse Dude, dude, thanks so much kundan just now the last thing if you have just given 60 seconds just one minute to give just one advice to the listeners who are listening us to on the podcast or who are just watching us on the youtube what one advice you would give the only time you got is like 60 seconds i mean i would say this is the advice for for anyone right and i mean uh, i i prefer to put it as experiential than advice because advice is a very wrong term right i mean i don't know the situation your situation i don't know the situation of anyone else who's listening to this hard for me to give advice without having the context right 
but I can do an experience share, which I think is a very relevant experience share for most people, right? We spend most of our lives either chasing the future or carrying the burden of the past. And those two are futures, the expectations set by our future and the disappointment set by our past limit us from doing anything that we want to. The real goal about leading your life in a purposeful way, in an effective way, in an impactful way is in the present. Is by fully focused in the present, in the right now, in the now and giving it all. And the only way you can give it all right now, today, is when you free those chains of the fear of your future and the, the constraints of your past. When you free those chains away, past doesn't matter, future doesn't matter. What matters is what my action is right now, right? Sometimes we do an action which we are not proud of because we think, I have time in the future to correct it, right? I don't know. Sometimes we find a way to not focus on things that are important. We go after urgent things. We know we need to take care of someone or we, need, we know a family member is sick and we need to take care of them. But we see an email and that's urgent or take a phone call, it's urgent. It's from work, it's urgent. I need to take it. But that's more important. And we lose sight because I can do that tomorrow. It's okay. Urgent is more important. So our prioritization ends up being, what if... I don't tackle the future. The fear of the future will kill me, right? So being in the present is the most important thing in life. And as an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, being in the present, being fully embraced to whatever you're doing right now. If you're talking to an employee, being fully there. I was there before where an employee is having a conversation with me. I was worried, oh shit, what's gonna happen tomorrow? Will I have enough cash? to survive in this business. And I'm in front of my computer sending like 200 emails in a minute to different customers following up for payments and following up for my proposals and whatnot. And the employee is talking to me about a brilliant idea and I'm only giving 50% or even lesser attention to that person. And I, that idea never really got implemented, right? So as, an, as a leader, my responsibility should have been, you are in front of me right now, either let's do it in five minutes, let me complete this, right? And then giving him my full attention and if I'm giving my full attention, I can be of value to that person. Exactly. I can be compassionate with that person and magic can happen. Synergies can happen. And I can be fully focused and do that and do a great job at whatever I'm doing in a sense, right? So being present is the most important quality for a leader, for an entrepreneur. And when I say a leader, it doesn't matter. I mean, entrepreneurs are not leaders or only CXOs or directors and managers are not leaders. We are all leaders of our own life, of our own destiny, of yeah. our of our family, whether it's a collective leader or whatever that is, we are all leaders in, in our own way. And in order to be an effective leader, you need to be in the present and don't worry about that, that fear, the great fear that the future poses because you can't, the truth is you can't control future. You can only control one action at a time that comes in the present and each of those actions together, especially if they're all in the right direction, all towards positivity, all towards compassion, all towards giving value every single moment at a time, the accumulation of all of that will lead you to greatness regardless. So don't worry about that. Oh shit, how will I reach that target? Plan it. Know that, hey, you know what? I need to know what path because that accumulation is important. I need to know what my path is. I need to know what my values are. 
I've decided, yes, compassion is how I want to lead my life, right? I know that I want to get to those. Okay, great. You've planned it, now park it aside. There's, that shouldn't come in your daily life. Oh man, I don't think I'm going to hit my target. Oh man, I don't know if I'm going to set. No, it doesn't help. It will limit you from being fully there in the present and will limit you from achieving those goals in the, in the first place anyways. And the past will always create burdens about, oh shit, why did I fail? Why did I not do it that way? Why did I make a mistake? As opposed to in that moment, oh shit, I made a mistake. I, I just made a mistake. What can I learn from it? Okay, I learned from it. Great. Let's move on. Next moment. Now let me be best in my moment. What happened was in the past moment, I learned from it. Now I'm fully there, fully present, breaking from the constraints of the future and the past. So there you have it. Universe, universe, amazing words. Thanks so much for sharing your experience, Kundan. So what's the best way for the listeners to reach out to you, like if they want to connect you on the internet? Is there any specific social media? LinkedIn, LinkedIn is the best. Yeah, LinkedIn is the best way. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well. But either follow or even add me as a friend on LinkedIn. Uh, that's that's my main platform where I uh, where I talk to people as well as I share my updates and posts and all of that stuff. So so yeah, LinkedIn is the best place. Thanks so much, Kamal. Thanks for giving us and our website, theapplab.com. The yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kundan, for giving us your time. Thank you. I hope like you no have... No problem. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. I hope for your own... I hope for your success in the future and hope like you are continue helping us in the future as well. Oh, thank you, Arpit. And I wish you the same. Wish you uh, a lot of success in the future, a lot of happiness and good health to you and all the viewers. Uh, and, and wish you the best. I mean, 2020 was a very challenging year in many ways, but you know what? the biggest challenges provide us the biggest learning opportunities, right? So if in 2021, if in the now, we can learn how to really learn from the past, learn from the challenges we've faced and take it in a positive direction, take it with a positive mindset, uh, we, we all will ensure that 2021 and 2022 are the best years of our life. So, so wish everyone the best on that. All right. Thanks so much, Kundan.